Butterflies return someday. Here is We Survive Abuse with Tanya G.J. Prince. Hello, my name is Tanya G.J. Prince, and you are listening to the We Survive Abuse uh, podcast. We have, um, we started part one. We talked about 20 questions you might want to ask your partner at some point in the near future. So, you know, this segment is on resolving conflict. Uh, one of the things that we talked about, you can go and listen to part one. Um, but the main thing that we took away from that is that the main takeaway we want you to take away, rather, is that when two people are disagreeing or trying to resolve a conflict, you want to be adding to re- to the relationship and not taking away from the relationship. Um, and you don't want people to feel unsafe, unheard, harmed, hurt, scared for others. We don't want that in relationships because those are red flags. Um, they can lead to violent encounters. They have led to violent encounters. And those are things that make people fear you. That's not what we want. We want love. We don't want fear. All right. So we're going to go through. Um, I've already read one through 20. So I'm just going to go really quick through the last 10. Uh, number 10, is it, uh, no, I'm sorry, number 11, is it fair to take the children? Number 12, is it fair to call friends and family? Which one? Number 13, do family and friends get to intervene? Under what circumstances? Number 14, is there a safe word? Number 15, can anger be controlled? Are you just someone who loses their temper? Uh, What do you do to control your temper? What do you need from me to help you control your temper? Number 16, what type of behavior makes you feel unsafe in an argument? Number 17, how did my parents resolve conflict? Number 18, how did the people that I looked up to or the other people that I looked up to resolve conflict? Number 19, What should happen if there is kicking, slapping, punching, or some injury comes as a result of the argument? Number 20, what are our relationship rules for resolving conflict? So let's jump on back. Told you I'd respect your time and I will. Number 11, is it fair to take the children? Oh my goodness. Could we please, please leave the children out of disagreements? It is unfair, it is abusive to children to get them involved in adult conflicts. It, it, it's just not fair. It, it stays with them for an entire lifetime. And they learn really terrible lessons that they will take with them in the future. Um, with people that they interact with, be it their their boss, uh, 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 people they get into disagreement with, strangers, you know, just random people, people they're in intimate relationships with, they take those lessons with them. So the only reason that children should ever go with people um, in the midst of an argument is because you're trying to get them to somewhere safer, period. That That's it. Um, please, let's not have Amber Alerts 
because there was an argument and somebody ran off with the child to hurt another party. Oh, please, let's avoid that for the children's sake. Let's please keep them. It's so painful to hear what they say, what their perspective is, um, and how, how terrified they feel um, during these adult conflicts. Uh, is it fair to call friends, family, and which ones? Because, you know, <laughs> I've, I've experienced this personally, again, personally and professionally. I experience the same things everybody else experiences. Folks will call you and get you involved in their uh, relationships. And, you know, <laughs> I, I've experienced this. I've seen where if it's elevating, if, if it's getting more violent, all of a sudden one of the parties, um, particularly usually the abusive party, calls other parties to kind of, let people know that this other person isn't behaving fairly and that type of thing. Um, it can be manipulative, but it can also be a safety safety measure um, to call someone to keep things from getting heated. However, if this is something that you're doing often and frequently, either one of you, you do have to begin to question, are you able to sustain this relationship? Uh, just the two of you. Um, and if you have to get people involved, um, that, you know, is it is it really a self-sustaining relationship at that point? Um, beyond, and we're talking beyond a professional therapist. Number 13, do family and friends get to intervene? Now, this is tricky because I've had people come and it can become a a pile-on situation where the sister's involved and the mother's involved and the father's involved and everyone's involved. And even though no one's been touched, no one's been hurt, any of those type of things, it, it can become a, a really chaotic pile-on situation um, that can get dangerous. And, and you don't want that either. Because again, you have to look at whether or not this is really a healthy relationship if it can't sustain itself in a healthy way without often involving outside sources that aren't professional outside sources, just friends and family, not just sounding boards, but folks actually having to intervene in your adult relationship. Uh, we talked about number 14 in the other recording. We talked about, is there a safe word? There ought to be a way that if one party or the other feels Hey, this is getting too heated. This is getting too hot. This, you know, we 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 might be a little out of bounds here, both of us or one of us. We need to stop this, discontinue this, bookmark this, and come back to it. There ought to be a way that um, parties can agree on that being done. And let me go back to the number, uh, talk about uh, this whole family and friends thing, because I need to tell you a quick story. Um, I worked with a woman whose family, her family, got involved and decided they were going to take sides. And they took his side. And that left her, who was definitely a victim of domestic violence, feeling alone, isolated, hopeless, 
and trapped in a relationship that was violent because she didn't have people, you know, people, you know, kind of took sides and the side wasn't safety. The side wasn't, hey, whatever's safest for you is safest for your children. The side was you have to stay in this marriage because it's the right thing to do. No one in our family has ever gotten divorced. You're not going to get divorced either. And in her case, and in many cases, what happened is the violence continued to escalate and escalate and escalate. And we were in court nonstop. Nonstop. She had nowhere to go. Not to her family, certainly not to his family. And because of that, um, things just escalated. There was there was no um, prioritizing what needed to be prioritized, which was safety. Number 15, can anger be controlled or are you just someone who loses their temper? Anger is an emotion, yes, but how you respond to that anger, everyone has a choice. There is no such thing as this is how my family is. This is how my culture is. This is how I am. This is how I've always been. Everyone in my family knows that I'm this way. No such thing. You, we all are responsible and we all do make choices about how we respond to sadness, how we respond to excitement, how we respond to, yes, anger. Those are choices. There's no such thing as this is how I am. When someone's telling you that, it's a, it's a manipulative tactic. No such thing. We all have choices. And if you are at a point, if any person is at a point that they don't know how to make choices that make other people around them feel safe, feel heard, that you're not throwing things, you're not kicking over chairs, you're not punching through walls, you're not yelling at the top of your lungs, and every neighbor can hear it. If you're unable to do that, that's the time where you need to seek professional help because you now need help, and that's okay. It's okay to need help. It's not okay to continue that behavior and make other people feel unsafe and unheard and terrified and fearful. That's not okay. You're going to feel anger. You're going to feel sadness. You're going to feel all those things. That's part of life. How you respond to it is a choice. And if you don't know how to make healthy choices, it's up to you to somehow or another seek help from. Uh, a minister or rabbi or, or priest or preferably a professional counselor to help you to make better choices when you feel angry. The way we respond to every single emotion is a choice. Every single emotion is a choice. If you cannot control it, you probably need to seek professional help. And other people are not, do not ever have to put up with the fact 
that you just don't know how to be humane to other people. You don't know how to make other people feel safe around you. You don't know how to make other people feel hurt. You don't know how to make other people not feel like they're on pins and needles when they're in a room with you. You don't know how to make people feel that your behavior is so unpredictable. They don't know what's going to happen. And now they're scared. That's your problem and not theirs. I want to make that abundantly clear. No one is just like that. No one is just like that because of their family or culture or their, you know, or whatever. They grew up a certain way. That may be the result, but it's up to you to, to, to make positive changes. All right, I'm done with that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I feel a kind of way about that because that's uh, that's heard too too commonly um, by advocates who who work to end domestic violence. That's heard all too often, and it's it's uh, quite frankly, it's BS. All right, number sixteen. What behavior makes me feel unsafe? People should be able to say, if you yell in my face, I feel unsafe. That's a strong position. Don't If you yell in my face, now I feel unsafe. If you put your finger in my face, I begin to feel unsafe. If you yell at me, I begin to feel unsafe. Whoever it is, the man or the woman, if you... Pull, draw your hand back like you're going to slap me. Okay, wait. I begin to feel unsafe, and that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Number 17. Uh, how did, uh, and let me go back to number 16. Everyone gets to define that. Now, talking and resolving conflict is a necessary thing to grow and nurture the relationship. Communicating somehow. I don't care if you communicate on post-it notes and you still can't. What did we say? Number uh, four was you still can't name call and slur on those post-it notes. But conflict is 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 a part of every single relationship. It's going to come up. How do you resolve it in order so that you can grow and nurture this relationship? Number 17, how did my parents resolve conflict? Now, that's important. Or the people that raised me, the foster folks, the the guardian, the grandmama, whoever raised you, it's important because whether you know it or not, we all and I learned (laughs) kind of the hard way that uh, we all take notes and lessons from how we were raised. We may say, I don't want to do that. Even that is taking a note and taking a lesson. But what did you see? Because that impacts now um, how you respond, what you think is healthy and what you think isn't healthy. And it's important to evaluate those things. I'm not a person that's at that I, I I completely disagree when people say, you know, the past is over, it's done, move forward. No, your past has a lot, oh, a tremendous amount to do with who you are today, why you think the way you think, why you say the things you say, why you talk the way you talk. It has a tremendous amount. So often the past has a lot of lessons for us and gives us insight 
into, it doesn't have to lead us. I agree with that. The past does not lead us anywhere, but it definitely gives you insight and lessons, important ones that you should pay attention to. You should analyze, you should question, you should challenge into who you are today and the choices that you make. So how did your parents resolve conflict? I, I figured out, you know, I learned that a lot of the women, you know, that I grew up around would, would tell someone, you know, listen, get the expletive out right now. Get out. And I absorbed that. I absorbed that without realizing it. I have to tell you, I was sitting on a counselor's chair uh, in front of a minister, actually. <laughs> when I learned that I absorbed that as much as I thought I was above it, beyond it, away from it, it was my past, put a period after it. Now, I absorbed it. And my way of getting into arguments and when I'm, you know, in a, in a certain moment saying, get it, get the out. That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. It's not a healthy way to resolve conflict. It shuts people down. Um, it makes them feel unlo unloved, not so much unsafe because, you know, they just didn't, they didn't report feeling unsafe, but feeling unheard, devalued, and definitely disrespected. So that's, that's not healthy. And I learned that. I, I saw it. I didn't know. I, I didn't take notes and write it down anywhere. Hey, this is how I'm going to resolve. You know, when I'm in an argument, this is what I'm going to say. I didn't do that. But um, I absorbed it. I was a kid. I definitely absorbed it. And, and it was, you know, it, it's, it's not it, what I learned wasn't cool. All right. Number 18. How did the people I looked up to resolve conflict? Now, I learned this in my personal life. Um, it wasn't me this time, but a dating partner. Um, I said to him, oh, my gosh, what did you learn? You know, we were talking about, you know, after the the post or our post argument talk, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, where did you learn that you could speak to me, you know, that way that you could call me those names that you could say that to me. I, I can't believe you would even do that. And he said, you know, I saw my uncles, you know, uh, when they were dating and, you know, and when they got married and, you know, that's just the way they did things. No big deal. No, no, you know, the women just gave it, you know, they gave it back. And hey, I, this is not cool for me. That's not, you know, I don't like it. Um, I just, I don't like it. it. It doesn't grow us in any way. And uh, I don't like it. I don't like when you call me those names. I'm not that. And you know I'm not. Of course he knew I wasn't. But don't call me that when you're angry with me. And, you know, those are things you want to look at. So when you look, when you talk to a person about how they learn to have an argument, um, who are the people, not just who raised them, who did they look up to? Did they look up to the neighborhood folks like in, uh, what's that movie? Uh, oh, Robert De Niro. He's in all my favorite movies, but uh, I don't know, something about the Bronx. I know y'all know what it is. And, you know, and it talks about, you know, he looked up to the, the, the guys in the neighborhood. 
Okay, if you looked up to the guys in the neighborhood, how did they resolve conflict? Because it's very possible that you took some lessons from that. And therefore, you think that this is okay, this is healthy, or this is not healthy. And let's challenge that a little bit. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's something we can take and say, you know what, that 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 seems pretty healthy. Maybe we can, you know, kind of model that a little bit. Or maybe it's not healthy at all. And it's not something I choose to accept. And that's a point I want to make, too. All of this behavior, just because you love someone, I mean deeply love someone, doesn't mean that you are under any obligation, even if they're the father of your children, the mother of your children, you're not under any sort of obligation to accept what people decide to give you. Just because you decide to love me this way does not mean that I have to accept you loving me this way. I don't have to accept this. You're not under the obligation to do that. Now, if you choose to do that, that's different. But I I do ask that you choose to be loved in a way Y'all saw my sign if you went to We Survive Abuse. I have one, just one quote. Please love safely. Choose to be loved safely. Please, please. All right, I'm done with that one. All right, uh, number 19. We almost done, y'all. What should happen if there is kicking, slapping, punching, or some injury comes as a result of an argument? I'm gonna tell you, if I ask... Uh, a brother, this question, you know what I want you to say? Kicking, slapping, punching. Oh, no, we don't do that. That's what I want you to say. <laughs> but just in case you don't, you know, that's something to be talked about because not everyone chooses to call the police. Um, I think the statistic, um, if it still holds true, is that if a woman is being abused, I don't have statistics for my guys, I'm sorry, but um, maybe I should get some. But um, in terms of this statistics, I got some for you, but this I don't have this particular one. Uh, what should happen if there's kicking, slapping, punching, or some injury comes as a result of the argument? Um, it can take a woman up to seven times, even after, you know, dealing with domestic violence before she ever even picks up the phone to call someone or reaches out for help. We're not just talking 911. We're talking a hotline. We might even be talking just calling your friend, your mother, anyone. Seven times before she calls for help. Seven. So we can't say for everyone, oh, if you kick me, I'm calling the police. Oh, if you slap me, that's not everyone's that's, you know, it may seem, it sounds good rolling off the tongue, but it's not everyone's reality. But you, it, this is a good question to ask because it's good to know where you stand with people. Is, is, is kicking and slapping and punching and pushing and grabbing me and my Shirt, is that a norm for you? Is that what you is that how you do things? That's not what you want. 
Listen how you want. Again, love safely, love safely, love safely. Number 20, what are rules for resolving conflict? I think every couple should have um, something uh, something between them that you do do that 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 Monday uh, morning quarterback type thing, that post uh, argument evaluation, not for every single argument. But what you do get to, we're not going to just keep keep this going in the flow. We're going to expect conflict because it, it happens in relationships. It's not. The conflict is not the bad thing. The bad thing could be how you resolve the conflict. Now, I'm not saying, again, that everybody, I said it in the first tape, I don't think everybody should be sitting up there like Mary Poppins or, you know, uh, 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 some sort of fairy tale and everybody's, oh, honey, yes, you know, that was angry with you. I do not think that. I just know that people do not die. People do not get hurt. The children. Grow up okay generally when people can resolve their conflicts without injury, insult, someone being shut down, someone being slammed against a wall, someone being thrown to the floor, food on top of them. You know, running away from a car. Yeah, that happens a lot, guys. I'm sorry. Getting a door slammed on them. Injuries that a hospital or a doctor will never see, but they're there. If you both come in it to it, saying, you know what? Conflict is going to come. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Every relationship has conflict. People get angry with one another. We're not always going to be happy with one another. If you come to the relationship and say, listen, this is what we need. You know, these are our rules. We decide that both people should feel heard. Both people should feel safe. Both people should still feel very much loved. And there's no such thing as, I don't have to tell anybody, there's a Jekyll and a Hyde and there's a Jennifer and a this person. There's, there's none of that. We do get angry. It does get heated. But there's safety here in this. In this. We both feel safe. We both feel hurt. We both feel loved. And that's all I want for everybody. That's all I want. I don't want to dictate your relationships. I don't want to be in your relationships. I have my own. But what I want for people, oh, I want this so much. I want people to be loved, and I want people to be loved safely. So listen, thanks for listening. Do check out number one. I think I'm going to put this in another format, either a video, a post. I I don't know, because I just think, no, I just know. Over the span of 25 years has told me it is so, 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 so very important. So, so my own relationships, my, you know, for, for seeing it professionally, working as an advocate. It's very, very, it's essential that you 
expect conflict and you talk about how you're going to resolve the conflict that, that is going to come. Guys, abundant blessings to you. Thanks for listening. Do check out part one. And I do hope that you stop through at WeSurviveAbuse.com. And I want to hear from you. Please contact me. Leave me messages. Chat with me on Twitter. Do uh, uh, My Twitter handle is at Tanya GJ Prince. Um, T-O-N-Y-A G-J Prince. Uh, yeah. Uh, Get in touch, guys. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your questions. I, I'm getting your questions. Um, we're going to talk about your questions. Thanks, guys. Funded blessings. Bye-bye.